0: Through my travels in the NFT space, a recent thing for a lot of people, I met some interesting people. I recently met Claire Silver. She is an AI collaborative artist, the co-founder and lead curator of the Metaverse native art enterprise Accelerate Art. She's a crypto punk and NFT enthusiast. She collected her first NFT in 2017, and she believes that NFTs are a global new art movement. So I had a chance to talk to her about all of this. You're listening to the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. Claire, I became aware of you through the NFT world. And that's primarily um, where you're active, is it not?
1: Yeah, I'm primarily active with NFTs, absolutely.
0: Right. And I noticed because I posted something on Twitter about people showing me their NFTs that I got like a thousand responses from all these different people. But What is it in the nft world that kind of separates the sort of general thousands of people trying to make nfts from really top creators
1: that's a hard question but i feel like there's sort of two prongs to it so one side is obviously talent or skill or taste or vision depending on your genre um because like you get something like what I do, which works with GAN. And sort of the element of skill is less and the element of mm-hmm. taste is more. But there are still GAN artists that excel in the space.
0: What, what is a GAN artist?
1: Uh, so that's a, a generative adversarial network. It's an AI collaborative artist. Um, so it's people that use um, soft AI, artificial intelligence, to make their work, either as a complete piece or as a base to paint into or animate or use as reference, a lot of different things. Um, but that's sort of the thing with this movement is there's a lot of different genres involved. So I can't just say like skill of artist is what will make, you know, you successful because there's different there's different there's uh, different genres there. But also social media interaction I think is very important. That's not something that I was aware of before this. I didn't really use social media at all. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. been totally pivotal, the the community, um, to get involved and to make friends and connections and network. That's Mm -hmm. really important.
0: And you're working, are you working specifically for different people? Or are you kind of just doing collaborations as you go?
1: so i've got my own work i've also got a few collaborations and then i've started this gallery with ben roy accelerate art so we're working on that and then as events have sort of popped up i've just kind of been asked to host or to organize so i've been doing that i've got a little bit of a marketing background so that's worked out okay for me
0: and what does accelerate art do
1: Um, Accelerate is sort of two things. So it's a rotating exhibition gallery um, and we have a few properties. So we plan to expand the number of artists, but we focus on new and emerging artists in the space and getting them some spotlight. Um, And then we also have a permanent gallery where we collect one piece from each artist and put them into this permanent gallery in order of exhibition. So when you walk through it in a couple of years, it'll sort of be like, walking through a snapshot of the community at any given time period. Like it should be a time capsule um, sort of experience.
0: Right. I, I kind of, um, it was very a very fast invitation. And, and then suddenly I was involved in doing a walkthrough in the, the museum on crypto voxels.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: And it was a 3D museum and people were there with their avatars. And then we were giving a a tour through the place with um, everybody was on Clubhouse simultaneously. It was um, an interesting experience for me. So when you say properties you're talking about like specifically in crypto voxels like 3D museum gallery spaces
1: Yeah, thank you for I need to remember that (laughs) not everyone is as deep into the space as I am. Yes. Um, So crypto voxels is a 3d metaverse. It's a 3d world uh, where you can acquire property and you can build whatever you like into it. It's been really encouraging to see that most of what has been built so far is galleries um, ways to display the art that people are collecting and showcasing and so that's really um, where we're focused is is that 3d world and putting up artists work there um, to show and hopefully sell
0: right and so you just you walk through it with your cursor and you get to a sign and you can click on at least with the museum it had four different levels and you can just click on the different parts of the sign and go up different levels
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and you can click on the work itself to see a high-resolution version. Um, you can also click on it and link out to the auction page or the artist's social media. So it's a good aggregate to, to discover new artists. And does it kind of off-link
0: to, very, like, would it off-link to, say, like, foundation? Or would it off-link to, or, or is it just off to private pages?
1: No, it's it's definitely to platforms. OpenSea is the primary one we use, but there are others.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so Accelerate Art is, is it more of an NFT gallery or is it, does it have physical art as well or.
1: So it's, it's mostly a gallery of, of NFTs. However, um, a few of our artists, and this is only our first exhibition, but already a few of our artists have physical pieces that are, you know, the, the twins of the NFT that they send to buyers. Um, so if you're looking for that, that definitely exists in this space.
0: Uh huh. And there's people resell. Uh, I'm not going to turn this into a tech support call and ask you all of these <laughs> dumb tech questions. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, oh, I didn't know this was going to be a tech support call. Um, but can you explain the, the royalties aspect of NFTs a little bit? Sure.
1: Um, so I actually think this is totally revolutionary. We've had it for music and other creative industries have enjoyed this, but visual artists have generally missed out. So when you list an NFT, you can set a percentage of royalty that you would like to receive upon secondary sales ad infinitum, essentially. So um, I list a piece. It sells for half an Ethereum. Someone resells it for one Ethereum. I get 10% of that sale. And that happens every time it's sold afterwards. So it provides incentive for artists to build their brand, build their work. Um, It provides incentive for collectors to, you know, to sell and be fluid with it and it not be a negative thing to do so. Um, I think it's great.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, other than that, do you do you use like there's a there's a few other platforms. Are you are you mostly interested in? Are are you a, an Open Sea enthusiast, or do you have other platforms that you also use?
1: So I am um, totally in love with Super Rare, but it is a gated platform. Very particular. Um, hosts some of the best mm. artists in the space, um, and so that is something that's application only. There's also right. Nifty Gateway, application only. Um, I do use the two open platforms, Rarible and OpenSea. And then I'm also on Foundation, which is mm-hmm. invitation only, but by artists. So it's more of a community effort. Um, mm. I think there's there's probably room for all of the platforms. At the end of the day, there's a lot of artists.
0: Right. So maybe what you would consider like the really great NFT artists is maybe like a hundred people now or, or more than that.
1: Mm. It's hard to say. There's a lot of a lot of real gems that are undiscovered, um, which we focus on, you know, the new and emerging artists. But as for mm-hmm. blue chip, you know, so to speak, there's probably, yeah, there's probably a, a top hundred creator cohort that are, you know, blue chip or close to it.
0: Mm-hmm and what do you think about the intersection between the 20th century sort of famous contemporary art world and the nft world is it are they two different spaces kind of without any real meeting point or integrating or will weave it? like is there no sort of weaving together of these two two spaces
1: i mean i think there definitely is um I feel like every art movement is disparaged as not real art or not belonging to the art world in the beginning. Mm. Um, I think that's just the nature of the beast. And this is a new art movement. It's a global, organic, blooming art movement across all genres, across all levels of, you know, background or ability. Mm. Um, And because of that, the cream will rise to the top with time. I do believe that. And I Mm. think that... You know, galleries are beginning to explore. I've seen some physical galleries um in New York, I think, that mm-hmm. are beginning to explore putting up digital NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um we've we've got uh, Miami is putting up these billboards of the punks to sort of bring them into mainstream um knowledge and, and mainstream brain, you know. Um right. and I hope that the traditional art world will see this as an opportunity to expand um, mm-hmm. rather than something novel or competition or something smaller. I, I think that it's an opportunity to um, to spread to a new market, to, to allow people that, well, well, most of the collectors in the NFT world are artists themselves. Like, it's this mm-hmm. artist as patron, patron as artist sort of movement. And I think mm-hmm. that the art world would love that, honestly. It's performance art. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um, I was invited to be part of a show called FOMO that's opening in New York in May and it's, um, it's physical art and it's going to be, um, listed on OpenSea as a, as a, um, I'm kind of co-curating it. Oh, but, awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited about it, but I'm finding that, um, I don't know, I was listening to I, was, I did a, a podcast that was like vin, sort of vintage audio of Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein. And um, um, Warhol was talking about how he hates objects. And this was in the 1960s. He was talking about how he hates objects and he hates seeing a physical painting hang on a wall in a museum. And it's really interesting how what volume of art is being put through the NFT world and there's really nothing, there's no physical object. The museum that you introduced me to is a virtual museum with virtual art.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you had just told me like 10 years ago that we were gonna be at the I mean, I guess a lot of these a lot of these things have existed for a long time. I'm personally fairly new to to the space. So I sound like it's my first day at kindergarten.
1: No, no, no. Uh, But you know
0: what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah, no, I I feel like um, part of this is just sort of a generational culture shift because like the analog to digital and back again sort of thing is such a millennial experience of the world. Mm. Um, And, you know, the Gen Z after that, but then also, like the concept of taking a piece of art and being able to right-click save, so you have it for free. Being able to share it and post it and enjoy it and and spread it, and it not reducing the value of the original single verifiable ownership, that is a revolutionary thought. But it's also millennial file share culture. You know, it's like mm. Napster um, made economic model essentially, and I think that once our generation realizes that, like, it's so cool, we're not going to go back, um, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you could just say, are you part of the millennial generation?
1: I am part, yeah.
0: Okay. We can leave leave the age conversation at that. Um, yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying about that. That's in, that's really interesting to hear. I think um, I think artists at least artists that have been working in two dimensional um, painting and sculpture and that kind of thing are going to be suspicious of anything really, because it takes so much time and so much commitment or it has to uh, create those physical objects that they kind of overlook the fact that <clears throat> digital creators and virtual creators are also putting a lot of time and effort and, mm. um, in you know, ingenuity into this kind of stuff. Um, Do you see it moving to like virtual reality or?
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that that's sort of, it's down the road, but not as far as you would think because of the exponential curve of, of technology. Um, I think COVID has certainly sped up all of that. I read somewhere we had seven years of innovation in like three and a half months as a Mm. result of everyone staying in. Um, You know, when you think about a physical painting hanging over the mantle that, you know, your your friends see once a year at your Christmas cocktail mixer, it's like, that is a special feeling to sit in your Mm. study and look up at the painting and know that you own it. And it's a special feeling to share it with your close friend's infrequently when they come and see it. But it's it's also a special feeling to have it where everyone can enjoy it and where everyone can know that it's yours and who made it and the story behind it, because all of that is part of the provenance of blockchain. And with mm. COVID, we have found that we're spending a lot more time staring at screens than the physical blank walls, right? And, and sharing those. So I think there's going to be room for both. And I hope that, that traditional artists can find a place for themselves in both because it, it would benefit them I as mean, well.
0: I guess what I'm saying and what, what maybe I mentioned earlier is that I feel like there's more pushback from the, the 20th century art world model against the NFT world than there is from the NFT world to the conventional art world.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It does.
0: Uh, from what I've seen, just a lot of suspicion and a lot of pushback from the conventional art world. And I guess with any paradigm shift, there's growing pains.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably and, you know, they've been so focused on, um, you know, it being a unique work that you have to see in person and you have to, to hold and, and have and and that makes total sense too.
0: you know. What you were saying about how we're dealing with physical and non-physical art during COVID is, is something that I was going to bring up. I'm glad you brought that up. That's so true. And it's created this, a different value system for virtual or non-physical digital things on screens. And certainly the smartphone technology has mm. changed the way that people think about that sort of thing. So let's talk about your own work just for a second. Um, Tell me something about your work. Sure.
1: Yeah. So the tiny bit of context I usually give is that uh, I have a chronic illness um, and it was life-changing when it hit. And I uh, sulked for a couple of years and then got bored. So I taught myself to oil paint. So I started in the physical world, physical art world, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... I discovered NFTs and uh, AI around the same time. There's a website called ArtBreeder. Breeder. Um, it's very low skill. So the idea is that you work with the AI to create an image that matches your vision um, without having to have technical skill either in drawing and painting or in coding. Um, and you can then use it for whatever you want. So that fascinated me. Um, I was very interested in the idea of an AI-assisted future where there was no illness, there was no disability, and what that would look like, what society would be arranged around in in a situation like that. And so I started working with an AI to make art that sort of explored those questions and tried to bring some kind of transcendental feelings to something made with machine. Um, So that's the art that I've started making and bringing into the the NFT community. But then lately the, the punk stuff and the gallery stuff and everything has, has definitely, there's so much to do, you know, there's more doors than you can walk through here.
0: Mm -hmm. So your work now is more digital than it is physical, or does it start physically and kind of becomes digital? Again,
1: so it's sort of the millennial back and forth analog digital. Mm -hmm. I'll start with, um, Uh, uh, an AI digital image that I make with the AI. And then I'll have an abstract physical painting that I'll do just a small one and I'll take a photograph of it and then I'll layer it in digitally with the AI image. So physical digital and then paint over it digitally or animate it or use it as a texture on a 3d model. Um, Basically just making sure I've got physical and digital. And I'm Mm -hmm. also doing some, um, oil paintings of some of the AI work that I've done. I've gotten a few commissions for large-scale oil paintings of them. Oh, great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, I didn't want to take up your entire day, so I'll thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And um, we've covered a lot of topics in a short period of time uh, because I feel like um, there's a lot going on and everything's like, day by day is changing very quickly. Um, but I'm going to uh, be in, in touch about um, your gallery more and about your own personal work.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on today. It was a lot of fun to have a chat.
0: Okay, well, enjoy your Sunday.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Okay,
0: talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. This is the White Hot Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. Visit us at whitehotmagazine.com. Look for our profile on Foundation app. Visit us on Instagram. Visit us on Twitter. You know what to do.